Welcome to this topical life. Real conversation, real exploration, real life stories. A discussion about life, cause life ain't a vacation. And now, here's your host, Tiffany Murphy. Hello, 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 and welcome to this topical life. Today we have a very special guest because you know all our guests are special, but today her name is Robin Bylevelt, and let me tell you, she is a Texan, okay? Um, this is so crazy, but this is someone I went to high school with, um, and she ha- was born with some defects, and disabilities. And guess what? I never thought, you know, I was just talking to her. I was like, so what is it that you were born with? What is it that you have or had or what or what? But, you know, she's got a prosthetic leg. You know, it's funny. I never thought when I was, when we were teenagers, I was just like, oh, that's Robin. I wasn't thinking she had a disability. I didn't even know what she had. I was just like, we were friends and that was that. And so, Um, and now we're older and she reached out and was just like, Hey, you know, I'd like to tell my story. I was like, heck yes. Especially, you know, she's got so much to say about isolation. She's got so much to say about job searches and, um, and what she's dealt with, with her surgeries and all this kind of stuff. And now with COVID-19, I mean, my gosh, this is just a taste of what Robin's been through. Um, so yeah, um, Robin, by Lavelle, you guys. Uh, I'm so glad you're here. Please tell us a little bit about yourself. I know that, you know, tell me, tell me something. Well, Tiffany, thank you for having me on your show. Yeah. Well, and um, let's see. Um, I'm an art enthusiast. That's kind of my, my passion, my thing that kept me from going crazy during this whole crazy COVID thing. Yes. I able to express myself and just kind of relax and stay focused. And it's been a great thing for me. Well, I've noticed that your art, um, the stuff that you post on Facebook, which I will link this uh, episode to, or link the Facebook page to this episode, but um, your art is really cool. It's like the marbly, like, is it paint or is it, what is it exactly? Um, I use acrylic paint, but I also use acrylic ink. Uh-huh. And what you do is you mix it with like a pouring medium, which will help the paint flow better and more consistently. And then you pour them all the colors into one cup and um, flip the cup over on a canvas and then pick up the cup and let the paint run free and wild and do whatever it's going to do. You never know what you're going to get. Well, that's, that's kind of exciting. Thing. It's kind of exciting. Little dopamine effect there. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, Robin, um, some of the things that you were actually born with, you call PFFD, proximal femoral focal deficiency, and that roughly affects a very small amount of the population, 50,000 to 200,000 people. Um, You were born with a cleft palate, and then as a baby, you had water on the brain, which is hydrocephalus. Um, So that is a lot to start out a new life, but 
as a, a you know, uh, coming into the world, but you have proved strong, man. Um, so like what has transpired since then? Like you were born this way and then, you know, you've able, you've been able to push through a lot of middle school, high school, elementary, you know, push through your life with all of these things. Um, I'm imagining that the very first part of your life was a lot about surgeries. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. Um, so what did you, what, let's talk about the process of where you, where you got from, from day one to now. Um, and as far as like your disability and what your life looks like from ne- like now. So like from then to now. Okay. So as you mentioned, I was born with, um, I'll start off talking about my PFFD, PFFD. Which, af- which affects the femur bone, and um, it can either be completely missing or just like shortened. Um, I happen to have my femur bone on my left side completely missing, and it also caused my the rest of my bones on my body to be. 50% smaller, which is why I'm a cute little four foot five. Yay. Yay. So you're four foot five, but you were, you said you were born without your left leg? Um, without my left hip. So basically okay. like the upper part of my left leg uh-huh. is completely missing. I just have the lower part attached to my hip. So oh, I have no wow. femur. Oh, wow. My bone. Okay. And also on my right leg, which I found out doing research, I have a mild case of PFSD on my right side as well. But I still have my right hip. It's just deformed a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's not all pretty and perfect. Right. Um. But the main thing is on my left side. That affect that affected it mainly on my left side. Okay. I was three years old when I had my leg amputated. Oh wow. I remember that vividly. You do? I do. Wow, three years old. So like what do you remember about it? Like the surgery or recovering from it? Recovering from it, I remember feeling what they call phantom pain, mm. which is basically you feel like whatever part of you has been amputated, you still feel it. Like you can, so you, it's like it's there, but it's not there. And I can remember just being really freaked out about that. Sure. At three. Um, I can remember my dad's boss at the time came to the hospital and he brought me this little tan teddy bear that I still have to Aww. this day. Aww. I won't part with it. It's like, sure. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so you had, so that you had the surgery at three and then, um, you got a prosthetic, right? Yeah. Um, I'm guessing a couple of months. Because it took, I was in the hospital for about a a week, 
but then it took several weeks for everything to heal up and for me to be able to get fitted for a prosthetic. Sure. That process is really interesting. I've never appreciated it until I got older. Um, basically, that process is you going to the prosthesis and they make a plastic or plaster mold of your stump so they can make it fit. And then after that's done, they make a socket that you test out to make sure everything's thick but not too snug where it's painful. And then you have to pick out your foot and your knee and your skin color. I always found that part humorous as I got older. I'm the only person that gets to pick out her foot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the fact of a sense of humor, I mean, that's all you could do. I mean, oh God, I, if I could pick out a different toe, man, I've got some funky <laughs> feet. I got some funky feet. <laughs> so you had to, so you did all that yourself, but I mean, at the time you were so little, like you still chose then or? My, my mom and dad did that when I was younger. Mm -hmm. As I got older, like into my teen years, then I got to enjoy that process. Sure. Uh, sure. It's funny because I have like a color swatch, you know, for like, you know, paint swatches? Yeah. You have a color swatch for your skin tones. Right. Anything from really, really pale to really, really dark. And I have to figure out, okay, my pale, my medium, I don't know what I am right now. But right. But that's what you are. You get it figured out. So how many legs or like how many legs have you gone through? Oh, probably hundreds. I used Seriously? To have, yeah. I hundreds. Grew, I, when I was younger, girl, I don't know. Oh, right, bad. right. Okay, yeah. I used to have them all in a box. Uh-huh. Um, I ended up giving them to my practices here. And she donated them to like overseas. To oh, okay. reuse them. Cool. But I have a funny story to tell you about my legs. Yeah, let's so, talk about it. Halloween was always fun in my house. We like to decorate. And my dad was always like, you know, we could use your legs in flower pots for Halloween. Instead, <laughs> people. I'm like, no. Oh my gosh. It only yeah. costs thousands of dollars, I'm sure. Oh, geez. That's funny. Well, so with that, I mean, that was just one part. So you've had the, you know, the legs and all the other challenges. But um, leading up to now, I mean, from grade school to middle school to high school, I mean, I met you in high school. We were all, we were in the same youth group and you, I graduated in 99, you graduated in 97. Um, and you know, I just didn't really think much about your disability. I mean, it, I mean, it's not like I didn't see it, but I just didn't think about it. And so obviously for you, um, what's it been like just growing in from your teen years to your adult years and the things that you've gone through? I mean, it sounds like humor is a 
component to your life? Your faith is a huge component to your life. Can you expand on your journey on that? Yeah. um, I get really well, like in my early early pre-teens. It wasn't until I moved to Texas from Colorado and I went into my teen years in a whole different school and figuring out how to make friends. Um, I went through a really rough period where I was very self-conscious, didn't know how to make friends or who was gonna like me for me or who felt sorry for me. Um, I got really depressed um, sophomore year and the junior year of high school. Um, kind of rebelled a little bit as well. Um, got into a bit of a background, wanting to go, wanted to fit in, and apparently for some reason the background accepted me. So I. Um, I started skipping school a little bit and just kind of drinking a little and smoking and just kind of, I got away from my faith a little bit during that time. Sure. Um, there was some anger. Yeah. I think. Is it, do you think it was kind of like delayed grief almost? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So for like a year, year and a half was really hard for me. Um, I'm not sure what turned it around. Um, I just, I think I got tired of the rebellion and the trying to keep up with the background. Um, so I told my parents, I mean, they knew I was depressed. I'm not really good at hiding that. I used to like to think I was, but I'm wiser now and I'm not a good actress. Yeah. Um, so I started seeing a Christian counselor from the church that you and I attended. Um, and he put me on antidepressants for about about a year, maybe a little over a year, and that really helped me. Um, And then I started going back to church and figured out those church people were actually really good for me. I made some really good friends that were supportive and were just there when I was having a rough time. Yeah. Because the depression didn't go away overnight so to be honest I still struggle with depression and anxiety to this day but for different reasons sure um I made it through high school in one piece graduated barely well I shouldn't say barely I just didn't do as well as I would have hoped grade-wise but I was never the academic scholar queen 
Yeah, you you and I both, my friend. <laughs> Just get it all right through it. <laughs> yeah. So then after high school. That was interesting. That was my, I went to college right out of high school. And I figured that's what you do. You graduate from high school and you go to college. Again, academically, I didn't do well. I dropped out like three times because math was like the bane of my existence. Sure. I, did, I kept failing algebra. I realized numbers and letters don't go together. Yeah. There's a reason why we have numerical and alphabetical separate. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, so I worked, I basically quit college and worked for a while and tried to save up money and try to figure out where God was leading me. Mm -hmm. Several years, like, I was like 15, well, 12 years, 12 to 15 years after my original attempt at college. Um, I reconnected with a lady dying from church and she was going to a community college near, uh, near where I live. She encouraged me to go back to school, which I did, and my parents initially paid for my first semester. I took two classes because I'm like, why kill myself, right? Right. And then I did well and I passed my algebra class, or my first algebra class. And then I thought, okay, I want to take more than two classes. But I couldn't afford it because college is not cheap, even community college. So my friend who was going to the same community college I was recommended I apply for a Pell Grant, which is basically free college. Mm -hmm. So I applied thinking, oh, I probably won't get it, but why not? Well, it turns out I got the Pell Grant. I ended up finishing my college, my associate's degree without paying a single penny. Oh. That was a God thing. Yeah. So, and I ended up getting on the Dean's List my third semester, and I had graduated, ended up graduating with nothing lower than a C, I mean, sorry, a B, which for me, getting all A's and B's was huge. Yeah, that's amazing. Congratulations. I, thank you. I wanted that degree, and I was like, I will do whatever I have to. And my friends were really good. They let me kind of be antisocial for a mm. while and focus on that. And I'm so grateful. I'm proud of myself for doing that. For, for me, that was a huge accomplishment and a confidence booster. Yeah, totally. That's amazing, Robin. You, um, and so then after college, you know, you're on the job search and you're kind of figuring all that out. What did you graduate with? 
What was your degree? Um, my associate's of art. Okay. Got it. So, you know, leading up to this point, um, a couple questions come into my mind and, um, and this might be just kind of my ignorance, just, I have never had a disability, a physical disability. Um, and you know, I'm just curious, like, as far as like emotionally, the dep depression, you know, it's, that's one thing, you know, I get that just, but just having being born with a disability rather than coming into a disability is there such thing as one being harder than the other? I mean, um, what do you think about that? What is your take on that? That's a good question. I have thought about that because I've, I've read stories of people who have lost limbs in later life from uh -huh. you know, accidents or something. Um, On some level, I think it was easier for me because it's all I've known. So right. for me, it's somewhat normal. At the same time, I've been keenly aware of I'm not normal in a sense. Of I don't have two good legs. Like everyone yeah. else, I can't do things physically like everyone else. For example, I've never learned how to swim. Um, because that was just more challenging. Part of that was embarrassment of taking off my leg in public um, and having people stare at me caused me to kind of back away from that. But I don't ride a, I can't ride a bike because I can't push the pedal with my artificial leg. Right. Um, I can't run. Unless somebody's chasing me, I might figure out how to run then. But I don't run. Um, I do have a war pain from a physical standpoint, which can emotionally, physical pain can kind of emotionally um, rub on you too, because you're trying sure. to figure out how to manage physical pain. Um, as far as um, difficulties managing that or just dealing with that, um, like you mentioned earlier, humor for me is a big part of how I deal with it. I will make fun of myself or make fun of my disability before someone else can. Mm -hmm. Because it helps me cope with it. Sure. Um, well, I mean, you have such a lifetime of experience. I mean, so it sounds like whether you're born with it or not, it has its pros and cons both ways. It sounds about the same, honestly, just with the weight of what you have to deal with. Um, people looking. Um, do you have any stories where, like, people have said something and you've just been like, yeah, I have a disability or, you know, like I'm sure people stare or anything like that. But I mean, honestly, like yours isn't your, your, you know, for yours, I would think that it was just like you were, it was something that you had something happen to you rather than like, I don't know, like it, it's 
like obviously you're not you don't have a leg so it's kind of obvious that you don't have a leg so someone might not be so curious or whatever but do you find people staring or how do you deal with that or is it just like now it's like hell I'm almost like what are you like 40 that 42 Oh, you're 42. And I was just saying this earlier. I was like, she doesn't look any older than we did when we were children, for crying out loud. It's like, Robin, dude. Um, Thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) You really do look the same. It's crazy. Um, But back to what was I saying? Um, Do people stare? Yeah. Like, was that hard for you growing up or you just get used to it or you're just kind of like, whatever? Um, Growing up. I felt like I was sheltered from that in a sense because I went to a Christian school. So as far as being in the academic environment, I grew up with most of those people from the age, from like second grade till seventh grade. So they all knew me. They knew I had a disability. And so they all, they all accepted me and didn't, really like you they really didn't notice and I didn't really notice as a kid but as I got into like my teen years and even adult years I walk with a very noticeable limp and so people notice that and they'll stare at me when I'm walking because of the way I walk and that makes me feel self-conscious even though I shouldn't as an adult. Um, I still struggle with confidence and self-esteem with that. Right. Um, But as far as other than the way I walk, people like, like you, people don't notice unless I mention I have a prosthetic leg. Like I worked with someone for three years and then I, my artificial leg kind of collapsed on me at work one day and I fell. She's like, are you okay? She's like, are you okay? It's like, yeah, my prosthetic leg just kind of buckled on me. She's like, you have a prosthetic leg? I never would have noticed. Wow. No, I, I didn't know. Interesting, yeah. So it's almost like the way I walk is more like a, I just have a bad hip. Issue. Right, it's more of an indication if something's wrong than yeah. your leg. Yeah. Right. So now at this point, it's like, you know, with, so you've been through, you have physical pain, depression, anxiety that you work with. Um, some learning things along the way. I mean, and also a physical disability uh, to top that off. Um, what is something that you would say to a child or an adult who's struggling with any of those things? What advice would you give them? Um, and that's a loaded question. Feel free to just take that in. But, you know, as you think about it. Question. Yeah. Um, First of all, I would just encourage them to, um, and I tell myself this too, 
um, figure out who you are and stay true to that regardless of what everyone else thinks. Um, as a believer, a Christian, someone of faith who started going back to her faith and developing that more, I would say live for God, trust him, um, let him define who you are. Um, I'm slowly learning that lesson um, that people will have opinions and viewpoints on who I am, but only God gets to tell me who I really am. Mm -hmm. And he told me I'm his beloved child, fearfully and wonderfully made, my favorite Bible verse ever, Psalm 139. Psalm 139. I, I cling to that sometimes. Yeah. Um, aside from that, I know not everyone believes in God, so they may not get that. Um, but they can still be confident in who they are. Um, I know they're not an accident. Um, and you get to decide, aside from God and God in you, you get to decide who you are and don't give people any more power over you than what they should have. Amen to that. That's insanely good advice, Robin. And I love like what you said too, just um, that you're telling yourself this as you talk, that you tell yourself that. I think that's such a, it just opens people's hearts even more because we're not perfect and you're speaking truth, you know. Um, we're all humble to the fact that uh, we're not perfect and that we're a work in progress every single day that's a Christian or not, um, you know, but you are living your testimony, which is really cool. Um, yeah. Um, so now here we are, um, your life now you're into art and, um, what, what does your life look like right now? Well, um, living at home with my parents, just due to, financial stuff and other um, factors beyond mm -hmm. my control right now. Um, not working due to COVID-19. Um, trying to figure that out, figure out when I feel comfortable going back out there and looking for work or if there's a like a virtual job, I know there's lots of like call centers or virtual jobs out there that I could probably try to focus on and look to. Um, just trying to survive this whole interesting. 
experience we're in right now, all of us. Mm -hmm. It's, um, if you would have told me a year ago we'd all be in this situation, myself included, I probably would have said you were crazy. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Me too. Well, and you had mentioned too that you have such an experience in isolation. Do you feel like this is a different kind of isolation because everyone's in isolation? Does it feel like isolation to you? Because everyone is like, for me, it's like, well, we're all in isolation. So does it feel really that isolating that we're in isolation? <laughs> like, right. You know, like, does it feel different? Like, what is this kind of isolation like for you versus the true isolation when? you're really truly by yourself and everyone else is just continuing on. This feels different in the sense that I don't have a choice to be in isolation. I'm by nature an introvert. So a lot of times I will choose to kind of isolate just because that's how I recharge and that's how I kind of um, even though I do go out and I work when I was able to work and go to school, this is more of a, well, if I may want to go out, but I can't go out kind of a thing. Yeah. So it's a different kind of isolation where, well, it was nice the first couple of weeks because my introverted nature and I'm kind of like, I do want to see a few friends. Yeah. I don't like big crowds because I'm more of a one-on-one -on -one or two or three people kind of person. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's been weird. It has been weird. Um, a friend just drove by today. I was taking my dog out and she was just like, it's been 71 days. Like here in Oregon, it's um, like they, by county, they kind of do phase, phases, um, right? So I think we just literally today is the official first day of phase one. And okay. so I think in Texas, it's more than that. Like my sister was saying that people are living like normal. Like Yeah, we're in phase two, I think, where restaurants can have 50% capacity, Salons and gyms can open up, bars are opening up, and I'm like, okay. Yeah. Does it feel like, okay, does it make you want to go out and do something? Because I've noticed like as more time goes on for myself, it's like, well, I'm just going to stay here because it feels almost weird to go out there like, like nothing's the same anymore. So I'm just going to stay home. <laughs> like, yeah. And I'm an extrovert, so I imagine a lot of people are going to have to adjust, right? It's weird. I'm, I'm still nervous because I just feel like if we open up too fast, honestly, there could be another a wave of it. So I'm sure. kind of being cautious, like, let's just see how all those people who go out and have fun do. And then if we have to do this again, I'll be all set because I never went out. Right. Right. I kind of feel the same way. Negative, sure. But I just, I've watched what's happened to 
in other parts of the world where they've opened up too soon and bam, it came back again. Yeah. So I'm like, let's just wait and see, people. Yeah, take it even slower kind of thing. Um, well, I mean, even now it's like with the fall, come fall, you bet your, bet your bottoms. I'm thinking about school and how that's going to fly out and, you know, and it's like, it ain't looking pretty. I mean, I can't say that for sure. I don't, it's not like I have any inside information, but I do have like this, like little things that people say here and here that I'm just kind of like, you know what? The facts don't add up. I mean, if they open up phase one, phase two, phase three, phase three, I mean, if they're going this slow, there ain't no way schools are going to be back to rocking. You know, it's going to be something for sure. I feel like, because we're, I mean, we're weeks away from summer even being over. And you know, with all these phases, it's like, well, technically there might not be same kind of schooling, you know? So I'm trying not to think too far ahead on that because that just makes me yeah <laughs> go down, but though. you know, I feel like the whole thing is going to change the way we do things. I believe technology is going to be much more prevalent mm-hmm. in schools and like doctor's offices. I feel like there's going to be more um, video conferencing and stuff, maybe not 100%. I just feel like people are realizing, oh, we can use technology more. Mm-hmm. Like, right. Take advantage of it. Yeah. Again, yeah. I don't want to be a negative Nancy. You're not. No, I mean, this is the stuff that we have to talk about. This is the stuff that's happening. I mean, opinions aside, it's just we're just trying to get through it. I mean, it's not even... My husband was showing me a uh, clip of like people being told in stores, you know, to wear a mask and stuff and how people reacted. It was like a blurb of like on YouTube or something like that where um, people like a store was like, oh, you can't come in without a mask and how the people reacted. People were so upset, like spitting and like you don't tell me what to do. This is a freak, you know, just like it's impinging on people's rights and I'm going to get a lawyer because you're not letting me in your store without a mask. I mean, there's just a lot of little, it's just kind of foggy, you know, I mean, a phase for the phases and who we're going to hire the phase person to do the phase. And when this phase is done, we're going to have a whole set of people to do this phase. And like, it's nothing's really clear, you know, so people are, it's just not, it's just, it's just chaos. And, you know, I think with the aspect of just wear a mask to be respectful, that kind of sits better than just like, you can't come into the store without a mask. I mean, it's, people just getting upset, you know, um, spitting. There's a big one. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I mean, if you had told me a year ago that spitting was like equivalent to like a death, like I would have never believed you. Like not that, it, not that spitting would cause someone to die, but just like the idea of spitting would be like a rebellion of not wearing something, you know, I would have been like, what, how does that work? You know, but anyway, well, with your job situation, we were kind of talking before the recording was, um, you know, you are in a tough spot because you want to work and you've worked in the past 
and you don't qualify for disability because you work. And what a hard place to be because I know from you posting on Facebook, you get hired for these jobs and then they don't accommodate to what you need, right? Yeah. Is that right? And then things that work out and, you know, that kind of stuff. And then you're not able to get disability and you're trying to work. So not sure how that works or that's got to be so frustrating. It is, um, especially because the accommodations I'm asking for, have asked for, are not like, I'm not asking them to change their entire company structure and policy. Sure. I'm asking for like a chair to sit on at a cash register when I'm running the cash register. I'm not even saying I would use the chair the whole time. Just if I got tired or needed to rest, can I have a chair? And nobody's been able, been able to, or rather willing to do that. With the exception of my last job I had um, before they closed the store down, this was before COVID-19. Um, they, my manager was awesome. She gave me a chair up at the register area and told me, you know, whenever you need to sit down, sit down. You have to sit down for majority of the time unless someone's at the register. You still go ahead and do that. That was probably the best manager I've ever had. Oh, I miss wow. that. So that was right before COVID hit? Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So you were working then. Did it, isn't it true? Like, I remember in high school, did you work at the family Christian bookstore? Um, yes, I did. That's how I remember. Did you work there for a really long time? What was it called? It was, was it? family. Family Christian it bookstore, family right? family and then I worked at Lifeway. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. Right. And then they just happened to just shut down, right? Because you worked there for a while, right? Yeah, Lifeway, yeah, Lifeway shut down last year. Oh, okay, okay. And that was the job where my manager gave me a chair at the register and told me, no problem. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, duh. I mean, isn't it technically illegal to not hire someone based on disability? Like, they have to accommodate you, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, if they're forced to accommodate people that are handicapped, you know, for coming into their place, surely they do that for their employees. Is that something that like you run into a lot or is it just kind of the jobs that happen to be? Um, the last couple of places before COVID, um, that I went to, uh, or not the last couple, but like, at least one place before that, um, I went in there. I won't name the place. Yeah. But, um, I went in there to talk to the manager, and I was told, well, they weren't hiring. And this was right before Christmas, when I knew that Blackley was going to be shutting down and wanted to try to find a job in the near future. Yeah. Um, I was told well they weren't hiring. Now a friend of mine went in there like a week later and 
put in an application and they said, oh yeah, we're hiring. Oh. So I went back and I talked, I went back to this place of business and talked to the manager. And she was kind of a jerk. And it just made it seem like he was not willing to accommodate me. I, I, I've always been upfront with people and let them know I have a disability and I may need minor accommodations. Um, and that seems to have never worked. Wow. Well, that's just crap. And good for you for pressing through and going back to tell them, look, this is what happened. Why'd you do, you know, calling them out, even if they didn't budge that you weren't sitting back taking that, um, you know, that's good. Well, Robin, I mean, now you're, you're doing your art, you're writing and everyone seems to be just taking a breather, just kind of evaluate, um, where they're at have you during this time of covid for a while like have you had any realizations about just your position and just like your life right now like you said that you know with the physical pain that you're dealing with and i get that i've been dealing with some physical pain stuff too but just you know emotionally and i struggle with anxiety and depression as well so i get you on some level for sure um and i know i've had some god moments of just like during this time of COVID-19, um, have you had any realizations that you want to share just like during this time? Um, yeah, I feel like for me personally, God is using this time to teach me to trust him, mm -hmm. to lean into him more. Um, I feel like he's using the anxiety and depression as a way to do that, which may sound weird, but I feel like if I didn't struggle with anxiety or depression, maybe I would feel like I don't have to rely on God so much. Like, I'm a firm believer that God will do certain things in a way to force you to depend on him, because sometimes um, you know, when things are good, I know for me personally, I don't always think about God. Yeah. But when I have to be on my knees, figuratively speaking, sometimes yes. literally. Yeah. Um, those are those moments where I've, I'm having to trust God, even if I don't feel like He's near. And I'll be honest, there been many moments where I felt like, where are you, God? I don't feel yet. Um, but it, so that's one aspect of where I'm at. Again, my art, I feel like God is really using art. That's one way I worship God and draw close to him is through art. Because mm -hmm. in my mind, God is the original artist, creator. So he puts, he put that desire that to create in me and I feel more alive when I'm creating and doing art, whether it's writing or um, art. I've always been drawn to creative things in life. Yeah. So that's just 
I feel like she's developing those skills in me for future purposes. I believe he's going to use my art and even my story and my writing in ways that I don't even know yet. I don't even try to figure that out. I'm just like, okay, God. Yeah. Here I am. Run with what you want me to do. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you on that. Um, wow, Robin, I just, I'm so glad that we were able to reconnect and talk about this stuff. Um, I definitely want to keep more in touch in on Facebook and stuff, um, as well. And just, you know, you are a wealth of information and I just thank you for your vulnerability and just coming on here and giving us a blip of what your life is like and been and where you're headed. Um, you're a strong strong individual and are just set aside for uh, this beautiful display just all on its own you know um so yeah just thank you for sharing your story and just um look forward to what's to come and um you know in the future after especially after this COVID stuff and yeah i i find it very encouraging how you're looking how you're looking at it and it definitely helps me in my in my path and hopefully anyone who's listening. So Robin, thank you so much. Um, Robin is our, let's see, second to last story for this season two. Um, wait, second to last, no, third to last. We've got two more after this, but um, yeah. So thank you, Robin, everyone else out there. Hope you're having a good week. Hang in there. We're here for you. Um, you take care now. Thank you, Tiffany, for having me. Yes. You've been listening to This Topical Life with Tiffany Murphy. Available through Podbean, iTunes, and Google Play. Look for us on Instagram and Facebook. Donations to help support This Topical Life can be made through Patreon at patreon.com front slash thistopicallife. Likes and comments are always appreciated. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time for more real conversation, real exploration, real life stories on this topical life. Because life ain't a vacation. <laughs>